Next on BYU Sports Nation, understanding Nebraska football. Is there more disarray or harmony for the Cougar season opening opponent? What percent chance do you give BYU to win in Lincoln on September 5th? We'll ask six-year NFL vet Brian Keel on another Fast Friday. Plus, Tyler Hawes debuts in the NBA Summer League. BYU hits more award watch lists and live football on TV tonight for three former Cougars. Let's go. This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation, live in Radio Vision, presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Friday, July 10th, wherever and however you're dialed in. Always nice to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with Jerem Jordan. A programming note for today's show. Funeral services for Elder Boyd K. Packer, acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, will be broadcast in their entirety on BYU TV and BYU Radio today. Once the funeral procession begins sometime near the bottom of the hour, we will send you to that live on BYU TV. Jerem and I will continue with BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio up to 11 a.m. when the funeral service begins. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines, starting with Tyler Hawes making his NBA Summer League debut with the Cleveland Cavaliers today. Brandon Davies played last night with the Orlando Magic, had two points and a couple of assists in a loss to Indiana. Hooray for football in July. You know what I'm saying? Three former BYU stars play in the Canadian Football League tonight. You can watch all of them in an ESPN doubleheader. Cody Hoffman in the Montreal Alouettes. I can't say it the other way. Alouette. Take on Winnipeg, 7 Eastern tonight, ESPN2. Austin Colley and John Beck of the BC Lions face the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. In other words, the Fighting Steve Sarkeesians mm-hmm. from yesteryear. 10 Eastern on ESPN3. There's the doubleheader. College football watch list continues today. The month, the two-week period, whatever you want to call it's it. It's so exciting. Bronson Kafusi and Travis Tuiloma are on the Nagurski watch list for the top defensive player of the year. How about Tuiloma? Yeah. Getting on that list. And Tui Loma's on another list, Jerem, with Riker Matthews, the Outland Trophy watch list given to the best interior lineman. Okay, I didn't see Travis Tui Loma getting on maybe one list, let alone two. So good for him. He, who told us he was the key to the defense? Bronson? I think Bronson, Bronson said he was on, a big part of it. On media day. Perhaps the so, most so, underrated. Because he's the nose tackle. It kind of yeah. starts in the middle. Uh, so nice for him to get a little doom. PGA Tour update. Uh, from the John Deere Classic, Daniel Summerhays started the day tied for fifth after a first-round 65. He tees off in about 25 minutes. Zach Blair is on the course, and we are updating this live. Through 14, he is three under, so he's two under today. He's tied for 50th, so he's, he's good. He's going to make the cut. cut. Yeah. yeah, nice job. And then Mike Weir withdrew. How about the attention BYU football as a whole got yesterday in the national media? Fox Sports' Bruce Feldman wrote an article featuring quarterback Taysom Hill yesterday, also citing that if the Cougars went 4-0 and in September and called it not that far-fetched, that Hill would be, you know, a for-sure Heisman candidate. Okay, but back to the if they go 4-0 and in September and it's not that far-fetched. That blew up on social media, along with Taysom Hill. Feldman wrote a follow-up article a few hours after that because of the social media influx calling BYU must-watch television in September. So thanks to you, BYU Sports Nation, the Cougars are getting more and more national publicity. We'd like to think that we're flammable in a way, right? That way, to help 
Uh, Stoke the Flames. By the way, speaking of BYU Sports Nation, at Caitlin Jenny. She's one of our producers here. She's in Norway hanging out. She said, this view is elite. And it's a view uh, of an awesome mountain range, Trolltunga. I haven't heard of that. But uh, she says, this view is elite. She's got her blue goggled t-shirt on. I'm retweeting this right now. <laughs> in Norway! That is so cool. That's awesome. If you, if you, have, <laughs> if you have any evidences of your BYU fandom in uh, you know, international... Uh, Mountain ranges and waters or whatever. Send send in the pictures. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Caitlin may have just qualified for she's probably a BYU Sports Nation Elite T-shirt. Sending that in. Well, she works here. We can probably hook her up. We can't even get one of those though. That's true. <laughs> can someone get us one? <laughs> On that note, rise and shout wherever you are. It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. The current state. Of Nebraska football. Countdown to the Cornhuskers. 57. It's a weird rhythm. 57 days away. BYU at Nebraska. As I just mentioned, it was well documented yesterday. Fox Sports College football insider, New York Times bestselling author, Bruce Feldman, saying it's not far-fetched for BYU to go 4-0 in September because they have Taysom Hill. So with Taysom as the focal point of that ideology... He's calling BYU must-watch football, must-watch television in the month of September, and it starts with Nebraska. Earlier this summer, Jeremy and I discussed BYU's most winnable September game. I picked Nebraska. Jeremy picked Michigan. Michigan! Now, with that in in mind, we ask you, again, what's your most winnable game in September— and follow it up with our Twitter question. What percentage chance would you give BYU to win their opener at Nebraska and why? Use the hashtag BYUSN. At T, uh, Tevya, I think. 100% because Captain America, blue goggle alert, will be healthy for at least that game. Hey, come on. 100%. Yes, but at least that game. Yeah, I, I, yep, there's Snark. I can appreciate that. At Clark underscore Gerber. 50%. He's a big Ohio State fan as well. Nebraska's D really struggled against the run at times. We'll miss Amir Abdullah on offense. Lincoln's still tough, though. They haven't lost a home opener in three decades at Lincoln Memorial Stadium. Man, since Robbie Bosco's senior year. But this is not Central 85. Michigan or Florida Atlantic or whoever else they generally open up with. The <laughs> cupcake schedule they have opened up with over the last two decades. This is BYU we're talking about. Use the hashtag BYUSN weigh in. What percentage chance would you give BYU to win their opener at Nebraska and why? We asked Bill Bender of the Sporting News the same question earlier this week. What's the most winnable September game? That's a tough question. I, I would say I, I, I think they can win at Nebraska. I really do. I, I like that one most. Michigan, Nebraska, about even. Okay, wait, so wait, those are both of our answers, Bill. I wanted him to pick one. More now, than the why other. in the world? <laughs> why in the world? Big Ten. Would he pick BYU's most winnable game in September? This is a this is a guy for the Sporting News. Why would he agree with me? Because I got some backlash. Like, no, come on, it's Boise State at home, Spencer. BYU oh, Boise be State is the They're second best really team in September. Team. They're going to be in They're, the top twenty-five. They're coming off an, a New Year's Six bowl game win. Boise State is better than Nebraska and Michigan. UCLA is the best team on BYU's schedule. Period. People like the home factor. I get that. I picked Nebraska. Jaron picked Michigan. Bill Bender says they're about equal. Okay, but why? Why do I pick Nebraska? Let's look at the current state of the Cornhusker football program as to explain why I like BYU in the opener. Because yesterday you said Nebraska's in disarray, and I said, what? 
Yes. They... I, I understand that Nebraska's in a weird place. New head coach. You still win a bunch of games, but you want to change the direction. Is Mike Riley a fantastic coach? By record, no. He's a great dude. Does that translate to wins in seasons? Sometimes, not often for him and in his career. So, so disarray is too strong a word for me. But, right, it's, but di- let's, is but, it, it's disorganization. It's disorganization. Nebraska's really good, and it's in Lincoln. I, I know that they're good, but I, they can still be disorganized because of everything that's changing and transitioning. It's hard not true. to be in disarray. Yeah, it's true. Uh, they've won 47 games the last five years, dude. That's 9.4 a year. They were ranked 10 of the 12 weeks in the regular season Guess last what? year. Bo They're Pol- a good team, man. Bo Pelini is not walking through that tunnel on September and 5th. And that cat that he walked out of the spring game last year with. Bo Pelini or his cat are both gone <laughs> from Lincoln, Nebraska. Okay, I'll start with this. For one, Corn Nation. Okay, the SB Nation Nebraska website. That's a great website. I want to create broccoliandcarrotnation.com as well. And they're 20,000-plus Twitter followers, okay? They put out a poll a few months ago (laughs) about BYU and their chances of beating Nebraska and Lincoln. 63% of Nebraska's SB Nation site. BYU fans aren't going there. These are Nebraska fans. Over 2,000 votes. 63% say BYU is going to win the opener. Okay, what's the pulse of... Nebraska football fans of the of, the, of cornnation.com. Here comes BYU. Yeah. That shocked me because they saw what happened to Texas and that's the best similarity that they can give to to their situation. A team in that region, granted it's a different with conference, first year head coach. Yeah. yeah. Okay? No, with I, a different no, ideology. If I'm, if I'm Nebraska, I'm I'm feeling the disarray, but I do not think they are actually in disarray because they're really good. They're really good. So who cares about disarray? Were, was BYU in disarray <laughs> following Lavelle Edwards? It probably felt that yes. way a little bit, right? BYU, yeah. You, it, there's not a, always a, a, a huge connection from one year to the next. However, I do agree with you that it is a good time to strike for BYU. Because it's the first game, new offense. Is Tommy Armstrong even the guy? You lose Amir Abdullah. You lose Randy Gregory, blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of strong points in that corner. I don't disagree agree with you Listen, on the weirdness of the situation. They're, I just think they're a really good team still. That's my point. I guarantee that this vote would be in favor of Nebraska if Bo Pelini were still the coach in Lincoln, Nebraska. Isn't that funny? What, why, is it, why is there such a big difference then? Well, new coaches are almost so always at a disadvantage because some guys, it just takes a while for them to buy in mentally. But sometimes it's good. I Gary was recruited won, by Bo Pelini. Gary Croton won 12 games his, his first year. The he first 12. Had, Brady Hoke won like 10 or 11 his first what, year at Michigan. Guess what, though? He inherited Brandon Doman, Luke Staley, Reno Mahe, and Doug Jolly. All four of those guys. You had a Doak Walker Award winner and three NFL guys. Nine of your top 11 receivers return. You haven't lost a home opener since 85. It'll be a sellout, which you've sold out since 62. They were, they were a ranked team for 10 of the 12 weeks. It, they're, still, they're still a good they team. They're still a really good team. F- like four legitimate NFL guys that are going to be good in the NFL, in my opinion. Okay. They're Nebraska. It's not like they don't like get really good recruits every year. Okay, but they're not. They're not Alabama. They're not Florida. Like they, that's right. Those teams, I know. Those teams reload. Nebraska will still have years where they have to rebuild a little bit. I feel like this They've is one of those years. They rebuild with nine wins. Okay, they are rebuilding <laughs> with a new coach. Mike Riley is the exact opposite of Bo Pelini's coaching style. He's yeah. a players' coach. He's a friendly guy. He's 
Bo Pelini was not those things. He was a no-nonsense, get it done, work harder. You're going to sit your butt run on the out, bench and run not out play. with a cat kind of coach. Okay? So Mike Riley comes in. It's going to take a while for – this is his first game. It's going to take a while for the players to be like, oh, how does he handle a game day situation? Like, all I remember is what Bo Pelini did and his coordinators. This is a new staff. Here's why I'm fighting this so much. You're giving me hope that BYU wins the game a lot. <laughs> and you should have hope because it's a legit argument. Look at the history of first-year coaches. It is legit. I just want to respect Nebraska because of who they I'm are not and where them. the game is being played. And, and that puts me on edge. How good is Taysom post-fibula? We assume he's going to be 100%, and that's the hope. And I think he will be. But there's always that risk. Will Jamal be ready? Will the BYU defense under Bronco Mendenhall be good enough to, to keep Nebraska under, say, 30? Can BYU get into the 30s and win that game? Because in season openers, BYU generally struggles in terms of getting points on the board. Yet, they have won a lot of those games, ah. which is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. BYU has won five of the last six season openers versus Power 5 teams. Cascade case settled. Done. <laughs> Spencer wins. It's over, baby. It's over. <laughs> that, oh, listen to this list of teams. This is a pretty good list. Arizona, Oklahoma, Washington, Ole Miss, Washington State. Ne- okay, to me, this is my strongest statement of this segment. Nebraska is the strongest season opening opponent for BYU. Since Oklahoma in 2009. And, that, and that's why I am a little intimidated by the fact uh, of saying higher than 50%, say on our Twitter question, what percentage chance do you give BYU to win? But BYU won at Oklahoma with the... Well, neutral. Okay, okay. Won against Oklahoma, most, I should mo- say. Sort of neutral. The de facto, that's what we call the it. De facto <laughs> sort of road game. Not really neutral. Okay. 80% Oklahoma fans. But... BYU had a three-headed offensive monster of upperclassmen. That ge- okay, that gives me co- confidence for sure. I'm not worried about the BYU offense. I'm worried about the BYU defense. Can they put BYU in a position to win the game? Can, can BYU get a lead? Because I told you this morning, there's going to be a coin toss, and BYU's going to win, and Taysom Hill is going to say, receive. And then BYU's going to get the ball first. Go be- score. And, and, try and, go, and go score a touchdown. That's, that's going to set the tone for the whole, uh, for the whole yeah, ask game. Charlie Strong for the how season. That, ask Charlie Strong at Texas how that pressure felt when BYU took the ball and scored first and then continued to pile on in the second half. Okay? I know that Texas is not Nebraska. I know that. It's but, a good comparison, but though. But there are sim- several similarities. Great far- five-star talent across the board. Huge crowd. Huge crowds. And football traditions like no other. But a first-year head coach, it just takes time. And here's the last thing. And you're not going to like this because this is going to give you more hope. Okay? Stop Stop giving me hope here. Tommy Armstrong is the quarterback at Nebraska. He is taking over in an offense that is a pro-style offense. Mike Riley is a passing-minded coach. Tommy Armstrong, 54% passing last year. Number eight in the country at in yards per completion of 14.7. So when he did complete it, it was for Chuck. He is. Okay, you want a comparison? You want to know what he is? Tommy Armstrong to Nebraska fans is Riley Nelson to BYU football fans. You've just given every single BYU fan hope that BYU is going to win that game now. With, if, with that comparison. Ta- and Nebraska is, fans he scrutinized. He is scrutinized yes. the same way that Riley is scrutinized by BYU football and fans. And there are people on both sides of that exactly. coin. Exactly. This is not about whether you like Riley or not. This is, he is Riley Nelson to Nebraska fans. So the, I think he's better than Riley Nelson. There, yeah. I'm not yeah. saying he's not. I'm saying it's the same dynamic. Yeah. It's the same dynamic. And Riley, what Riley Nelson, uh, as much as the side that didn't like Riley Nelson quarterback, 
The the dude helped win ten games and finished ranked one year. Our conversation is That's happening what you want every year and rolling right now on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN and join BYU Sports Nation with our Twitter question. Let's go to the Twitter machine. It's Twitter time. What percentage chance would you give BYU to win their opener at Nebraska and why? At I do rock the Y says seventy three point six eight four percent channeling wow. his inner Jerem Jordan. Since 2006, BYU 14-5 in season openers and bowl games. When Bronco has time to game plan, things go well. And our How many of, the of those were like at Nebraska? You know what I mean? That's, that's my fear. It's a tough place to play. Coming up, it's a Fast Friday with Brian Keel. He breaks down the opener against Nebraska. This is BYU Sports Nation. So fast. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, your home for authentic BYU products. Simulcast on BYU Radio. And BYU TV, our conversation happening right now on Twitter. Follow us at BYU Sports Nation. You can always use the hashtag BYUSN. If you missed an episode of BYU Sports Nation or it was so good you want to listen again, which is probably the case most of the time, the show is on demand by downloading our podcast on iTunes or the TuneIn app. You can also watch it on BYUSN.com. Speaking of Twitter, our question today is what percentage chance would you give BYU to win their opener at Nebraska and why? Again, use the hashtag BYUSN at MJR League Mormon. 110% with our new punter, Johnny Linehan. Nebraska will always have bad field position. Hashtag punters are people too. That's the hope. And we haven't seen Johnny kick a single time, right? With pads, with the rush coming out. But the hope is that he is so athletic and so good with his, with his foot. I think people believe that. That he can be a weapon. Because you need special teams to win big games. You need to make timely field goals. You need to... Pin them back. Um, and so Johnny Linehan, Trevor Sampson, they'll be huge pieces of that of that game. Programming reminder for you all, uh, BYU Sports Nation on the BYU TV side will be preempted to follow the funeral procession for Elder Boyd K. Packer, who passed away on July 3rd. He was acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Again, BYU TV and BYU Radio will have full combined coverage at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, of those funeral services. Joining BYU Sports Nation now is our first guest of the day, Brian Kill. Brian with a Y, or Big B. Whatever you want today, man. <laughs> the only way. He's not here to defend himself. So, <laughs> Did you have a nickname at, at uh, BYU? Um, that you I had a air? lot, actually. Um, the coach, They'd call me Doctor. Uh, they'd call me Carlton. So I wore, <laughs> so I'd wear a sweater vest. Um, they call, you, can you they, dance like Carlton? Oh, of course. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. Um, Starburst. They call me Starburst because I wore bright colors. Mm-hmm. Um, I, had a, I had a number, yeah. It's all Fast of, Friday. Whatever the nickname. All of them, Carlton. All of them <laughs> uh, varying levels of, of truthfulness. Yeah. <laughs> it's not unusual to <laughs> he be knows. loved by anyone. <laughs> Got to get Tom Jones going. Tom, Tommy Jones, man. Brian Kill with us on Fast Friday, six-year NFL veteran linebacker. Let's start with the Twitter question today, Brian, and that is we're asking all of BYU Sports Nation, what percent chance do you give BYU mm. to go into Lincoln, Nebraska, and win against the Cornhuskers? place they hadn't lost a home opener in 30 years okay uh percentages i like our chances i'm never gonna bet against the cougars so i'm gonna say 65 i like that that's pretty high that's right around my neighborhood what makes makes you feel that way um you know they're they're in transition new coach and we are just 
peaked. We're primed. We're hungry. We're angry about last year. And, you know, we got most of our pieces back. We got our leader back. He's going to be healthy. And I think, you know, I just, I just like our, I like that. I like that matchup. Us, hungry, mad, chip on our shoulder, a lot to prove, a lot of talent, them in transition, et cetera, et cetera. So. I, I agree with you. I think it's the, the perfect time to play Nebraska. Yeah. I think week two, three, or four would be worth. I think Michigan would be perfect week one. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's week four. Yeah. I hope that Harbaugh and company don't figure things out. But you, you experienced that as a player. You came back off your mission. All of a sudden, Gary Croton was the head coach. Mm-hmm. Marco Mendenhall was the head coach. What, what was the transition for you as a player like and, and maybe that, that team? I was thinking about it on the way down here, and we had some growing pains. We were really talented in 2005. We ended up going 6-6. Six and six. And a lot of those games that we lost were close, and we had a chance to win, and we didn't. And, um, you know, the TCU game just Ugh. killed us, 51-50. The, like a four-hour, 20-minute game. Yeah, I think it was, it was the so longest long. game ever. The, I think it was four hours, 40. It, it's not an – oh, okay. It wasn't what, an my, official time, but it was – That's what I thought, yeah. So long. I remember it was just under five hours. Wow. Overtime, lots of passes. Um, yeah, we blew that game. We blew the Utah game. You know, it was an overtime game. We played terrible in the first half. Um, you know, it just – Anyway, my point is we had the talent, we had the ability, but, you know, we just kind of had to figure things out. And we, we figured it out the next year in 06 with a team that was basically identical talent-wise, but the results totally different. 6-6 six six versus 11-2. Yeah, is so, 2015 that way? And Bronco, and Bronco learned things. You know, he learned things um, in that first his, – his first game as head coach against Boston College, we lost 20-3, to and we just played terribly. He learned things, you know, just coaching decisions and – Anyway, there's transition. There's growing pains. They're going to be facing that, and we're going to be well-oiled. So what, So when you went into 2006, did you know, okay, we're going to be really good this year? Yeah, we were did really you... confident. So, so in, in 05, we, we lost some close games. We won some close games. But we, what we did is we gained confidence. And even that last game, uh, the the bowl game against Cal, and it's not like Cal was some great team, but they're very talented. They had Marshawn, Marshawn Lynch, Lynch, Justin Forsyth, exactly. Sean Jackson, yeah, so all in that game. They weren't a great team, but they had some powerhouse big hitters. Okay, and we could have won that game. You know, we're one play away from winning that game. And so anyway, that just that it did two things for us, at least for me. It it, it made us mad. It left a sour taste in my mouth that whole off season. And it, it just gave us a glimpse, like, hey, we can, we can be legit. And in 06, we turned it on. Do you feel like BYU feels more pressure or Nebraska feels more pressure to win this opening game? That's a tough question. Um, I mean, it just, I guess it depends on how you look at it. Nebraska is a storied program, and, and you know, I'm, I'm sure, I guess on a national stage, they, they would have more pressure because they're, they're Nebraska. They're, you know, a, a, just a... One of those iconic. They're not traditional. supposed to lose to BYU. No, in a home not opener. at home. Yeah, I mean, they have that black shirt defense, and they just have tradition that wasn't and that history. Good last year. No, they've been bad they were in for the 50s and a lot of the major. Been they've been bad for the last bad, decade, yeah. really. You know, I, actually, at the Redskins, there were. I was trying to count. I think there's four. There were four guys that played in Nebraska on the Redskins, and um, I used to tease them about their about their defense being. You know what? What happened, guys? You guys used to be really good. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I, you know. They, but they still have the history. Um, they're they're going to have players. They're going to have playmakers. They're going to have talent. So it's going to be a great game. 
It, it'll be interesting because I, I've been thinking about this the last couple of days. In Taysom Hill's mind, was 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 BYU eight and five last year, or were they four and zero? Oh? Because he didn't play the rest of the season, right? So does he? Does Taysom Hill go into this game going, "I've won my last four as a starter. Like I, I have the confidence to yeah. do." Or is it, well, you know, we're ticked because we were eight and five. Taysom goes into this season with expectations and anger. I think he's. I think he's mad. He's frustrated. Totally with frustrated. the way his career's gone, with his 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 lame injuries, um, and he he he's fully confident in his abilities, and he knows what he can achieve. And I think he's hungry. The times that I've been around him and talked to him, and I'm excited to see him just unleash and do great things. Brian Kill with us on BYU Sports Station. It's a fast Friday. Brian with a Y, which is why he's perfect for this show, right? Why? Because I love you. Hashtag <laughs> <laughs> this is why. We've been talking a lot about uh, the particulars of, of Nebraska football, and you, t- you mentioned kind of the, the disorganization, the tran- not disorganization, but you called it the transition. Yeah. I look at that team. Mike Riley is an entirely different style coach than Bo Pelini. Mm-hmm. It just takes a while for players to buy in. When you're recruited by a staff and recruited by a guy, and then you come in, all of a sudden Mike Riley's like, Hey, neighbor, come on in. We're going to do some good stuff. He's a good football coach, but he's totally different. Okay? So I feel like BYU, with their three-headed monster, is at a serious advantage. Like, And this is the perfect time to play Nebraska. I almost feel like it's BYU against Texas last year. I know that Nebraska is probably a better team than Texas was last year, but how closely do you compare the two situations Charlie Strong was in his first year. It was yeah. early at Texas to Mike Riley early at Nebraska. Yeah, it's similar. And not to, to go back to where we were, but that just kind of made me think. What you brought up, Gary Croton and uh, Bronco Mendenhall, completely different coaching styles. The defense was already used to Bronco, obviously, but the offense wasn't. And a lot of those guys really kind of struggled when when Bronco became the head guy. They were used to the relaxed, just kind of go with the flow way that Gary Croton did it, which has its place. And, and Croton's a great coach. I really liked him. Um, but they were kind of in for a, a rude awakening when Bronco took over and, you know, their, their constant water breaks at practice and just kind of, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and getting the water on not want to. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus here. but Sounds you know, like they, you did. They, they didn't quite practice the same way the defense did. And then <laughs> – um, and you know, I, I kind of remember, I remember, you know, cause I, I had my first year, uh, Croton was the head coach and then I had spring before I left on my mission and Bronco came in and was first, first got here as a D coordinator. And I remember it being very offense defense, just kind of a divide. And when I got back and Bronco was the head coach, it wasn't like that. It wasn't kind of like this two separate teams, two, two separate philosophies, two separate Ways of doing things. It was it was more unified, and, and I mean the results. Look at the results. So you talked about oh five to oh six, largely the same team. Yeah, uh, changed things. I I feel that in uh, in a similar way, twenty fourteen to fifteen. There's a lot of guys coming back. Granted, the secondary there were a bunch of guys that left, but besides that, most of the same linebackers. All the defensive linemen minus Mark, Marcus Johnson. A lot of the O line. Mm-hmm. A lot of the. I mean, you lose you lose some big weapons for sure, but. I I feel some kind of similarity. I don't know yeah. if you agree with me. From yeah. 14 to 15. Mm-hmm. It's you a got, tougher schedule. Yeah. But the opportunity is there to, okay, we're ticked. We're going to change this. 
And 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 all the experience we got last year. That's just it's going to be huge going into this year. These guys who who got forced into to playing time that they wouldn't have had because of the injuries, and it, I think it's going to pay dividends. And it, on top of that, you know, we got our guys who are, who are veterans, they're seasoned, and it's going to be really good. Bronco Mendenhall, and we we talked about this statistic in our opening segment. He has won five of his last six season openers against Power Five teams. That list includes. Wow. Oklahoma, Arizona, Washington, Washington State, and Ole Miss. The loss came against Virginia in uh, 2013 in a, that weird, freakish storm game. Wait, what yeah. happened? Yeah, exactly. Okay, so that's that's the one loss. Yeah. Here we are, Bronco going up against a power five team in a season opener. You've played under him in season openers. What makes him so good game planning after a long off season? Um, Bronco's one of those guys, he's... He, so sharp in his attention to detail. And, so yeah, so I think if you have that extra time to prepare, there's a lot of guys who, yeah, I'll get to it. Yeah, you know, I'll get to it as far as coaches or, or just people. You know, I'll get to it. And, and Bronco's the guy. He's just – he's so disciplined and he's just so regimented. And, I mean, I'm sure he's been breaking down Nebraska tape since – January 1, or I don't know, whenever, when was the bowl game? The day after the bowl game, he probably came home, watched the bowl game, turned it off, and turned on Nebraska tape. I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what he did, but that's just the type of guy he is. And he just, he's just relentless and, and just tireless. And I, mean, I can't imagine how much time he's put into it. And, that's, you know, there's been X amount of months, and the average person is going to put in this much work in those months, and they're going to go play, and they're going to go hit the golf course they're gonna you know hit the pool they're gonna whatever bronco he's just and, and he he relaxes he has recreation he's very big surfer um but he's he puts his work in when you look at uh the opportunity that byu has in front of them there's there's uh, a ton of pressure on both teams to win this game but when when byu goes into this game and game plans uh like bronco mendenhall does what kind of difference will he make as the defensive coordinator, as a former player, where you say, okay, listen, there's tangible difference because uh, Bronco is the guy in the room, yeah. the guy that they're accountable to now. And I think that's the biggest thing as far as like the play calling or the actual schematic difference. I don't think there's, there's, there's that much to measure. There is. I think, there's, I, think, you know, I think he has value there compared to another defensive coordinator or another play caller. I think he does have a leg up in that regard, and he, he does know X and O's, and he's sharp in that regard, but that's not his greatest asset, in my, in my opinion, in my humble opinion. I think where he comes in is just the persona, just the, the excellence that he, that he asks of himself and the demands of those that he's around. And it's, just, it's like in any endeavor, whether, whether it's football or cross-stitching or whatever it is, you know, if you take a group of people and they have a leader and the leader is charismatic and, and motivating and, and inspiring, then that guy is going to inspire that group of people to be better at whatever they're doing, cross-stitching or tackling football players. And so, so that's where it comes down to. That's my opinion. I think the fact that when he's in charge, everybody's performance increases because he has those characteristics in such abundance. Former BYU linebacker, great, all-Mountain West Conference first-teamer, six-year NFL veteran Brian Kale is on BYU Sports Nation on a fast Friday. We're going to transition back now to something that one of Fox Sports college football insiders said yesterday, Bruce Feldman. And he's, you know, 
not a ho-hum guy. He's got a big microphone. Yesterday, he picked Taysom Hill as his second-best bet to win the Heisman Trophy, meaning he likes his outside shot. He's a 50-to-1 yeah. odds, but he's like, I like Taysom Hill, what he brings to the table. In that same article, he says, if BYU were to go 4-0 and in September, and then he says, which isn't that far-fetched, mm-hmm. then goes on to say Hill would be a legitimate Heisman contender. Okay, I went back to the, huh? Four and zero, not that far fetched. This is a national Wait, dude, guy. What the heck is he talking about? We're gonna mail you some about? blue goggles, yeah, bro. Yeah, blue goggles. <laughs> Welcome. What? Drink our Kool Aid. I mean, we're talking about a guy that has almost a quarter of a million followers on Twitter. Mm-hmm. Okay, what's your reaction to a guy with that much national clout saying it's not that far fetched to be way going four and zero in September? I couldn't agree more. And I think he just. There's a lot of guys who who are biased or prejudiced or uh, BYU. But then there's other people who have maybe been here or watched us or know about our history and know about what we bring to the table, and they recognize that we can contend. And that's the thing. He didn't didn't say we're going to go four and zero. He just didn't say, "Oh, there's no chance." Saying he wouldn't be. Right. Su- he I wouldn't be yeah. surprised if they were four and zero exactly of, because of the Taysom Hill. He's like, "Yeah, that could happen." They have the players. They have they have the horses to accomplish that. And so, yeah, hats off. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Yet, yet I look at September and I go, "Okay, I'm." I got to put fandom aside. I got to put whatever. I'm going to just look at it, okay? Uh-huh. Two and two would be pretty good in that. Because uh-huh. you, at UCLA is the best team on BYU's schedule. Uh, at Nebraska, hopefully you catch them. Boise State, to me, is the second best team in September that BYU is going to play. Return everybody but the quarterback and yeah. running back, basically. What, what, what record do you think would be like, all right, that was par for the course for September? Oh, I don't know, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, still, you still have the player hat on. You're like, Dude, we can I mean, I'm not happy unless we go four and zero. You're not so happy. I'm mad. You're I'm not mad. happy with three and one. No, I mean, I don't know. I'm more happy with that than I am with two and two. <laughs> so naturally, <laughs> it, it, we, one and three, I'm I'm mad. Zero oh and four, I'm like, come on, dude, what in the crap? Yeah. So I don't know. Okay, we're gonna come back with this. We're going to go through each of the first four games on September, and you're going to tell me when. Or loss. Okay, <laughs> we're going through the we're going through the first four. And Let I me guess you, what he's going to say. I think you, I think you know where this is going. Listen, I want you to be able I to think back you up. You know these where things. this is going. We have to do it officially, and I want you to be able to back up why you did or didn't pick BYU to win each of those first four here, games. I, mean, I, I could be objective. I could be objective. objective. <laughs> okay, yeah, pr- practice during the break, and then we'll come back with it. <laughs> he's thinking. No, he's thinking. He's thinking hard. Look at Carlton over here trying to work Brian hard. Brian Keel with us on BYU Sports. More of Fast Friday continues. We're going through that September schedule. Win or loss for BYU in each of them. This is BYUSN. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. Get your hands on some BYU Sports Nation swag. We're going to send some blue goggles to Bruce Feldman uh, of FoxSports.com. Brian Keel's got his. Go to BYUStore.com. Search BYU Sports Nation or Blue Goggles. Get your own pair or the BYU Sports Nation t-shirt. Check it out. Coverage of the funeral for Elder Boyd K. Packer on BYU TV and BYU Radio uh, will start at 11 o'clock. On BYU TV, as soon as the procession starts, we will be preempted here on our program and send you to that. We will continue with BYU Sports Nation on BYU Radio only. And you can listen to BYU Radio via the app, BYU Radio app, iOS app, the TuneIn app as well, or stream it on BYURadio.org. We now, Sirius XM 143. There are multiple options. We now begin part two of our Fast Friday with six-year NFL veteran Brian Kill and your boy David Nixon just tweeted in in response to your nicknames. <laughs> so you said Starburst. <laughs> he He's, added. He says that he adds to the list, and he says, 
he forgot about his main nickname, Skittles. No, 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 no. David, you need to tweet right back at him. <laughs> Skittles, it was Starburst. Skittles was not any, I'm disappointed. What's, okay. what's Skittles? What's the well, he's probably just, probably just going with the same thing, the, the, colors, think, the colors, the colors. Uh, but it was right, never yeah, Skittles. Yeah, it was yeah. Starburst. Skittles was... Skittles, yeah. Skittles is how I describe the BYU uh, LaBelle Edwards Stadium crowd when it's raining. <laughs> That's true. All, See, the, Dave, all, the, all the jackets are different D- colors. Dave's got his cushy desk job now, and he's just these days are so far behind him. His brain's kind of getting foggy because he can't remember. Too many, too many. Mm. He just can't remember. Great guy, though. D-Nix, you've been called out Heart, by Brian Kittle. Love. No Skittles, man. No love Skittles. Him. Love you, Doc. Heart's in the right place, but that was, that was, not, a, that was not an official nickname. <laughs> Okay, before we went to the break, we asked you to think about each of the first four September games. We're going to go through the list, okay? And we remind those that aren't aware, that haven't heard the first 172 times we've announced the first four games in September. Here they are. Nebraska, (laughs) Boise State, UCLA, Michigan. Okay, game number one, September 5th, against Nebraska. Brian, what are you picking? Win or loss for BYU? I like our chances. Okay, win. Boise State, at home, home opener. Win. Win. Okay, 2-0. and BYU's 2-0. and the top right. 20. <laughs> At UCLA against the potential top oh 10 team. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Look at the body language. <laughs> this is tough. That would be a tremendous win. It would be. Um, I don't know. Win. Oh, wow. Wow. <laughs> Upset. Okay, Michigan, you're going to say win. 4-0. Yeah, I think we're doing it. All right, man. Okay, a program reminder. I like our, ch- I like our chances. I, and I like that, too. I, I, I want everybody to know I'm not guaranteeing anything. I'm just saying I like our chances. For our BYU TV audience right now, we will send you to the funeral procession for Elder Boyd Kenneth Packer, who was serving as acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints at the time of his death. Our thoughts and prayers with his family today. A man who stood up for his beliefs was never afraid to defend them, did major things for the church educational system. A BYU Doctor of Education degree recipient in 1962, Boyd K. Packer, dead at the age of 90. And now, back to more BYU Sports Nation. Store your home for authentic BYU products. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan, live in Studio B. We welcome you back to the show. If you missed any interviews, fear not. Jerem, tell the people the good news. If you missed any of them, you can go to youtube.com slash Sports to watch all the interviews on the show. Our Twitter question today, what percentage chance would you give BYU to win their opener at Nebraska and why? Johnny Linehan has responded to his tweet about him as the punter. <laughs> he says... Okay. Ha ha. Loving the high expectations. Still got to win the punting job first. That's good. Right, Brian? You can't have a guy coming in that hasn't played football thinking it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Brian Kill still with us in Studio B. Let's get to the Twitter machine. You got tweets. Okay, what percent chance you're giving BYU to win their opener at Nebraska and why? Brian Kill just told us 65%. Jeremy and I haven't even answered the question technically. Jerem, what percent chance you give BYU against Nebraska? I'll go 40%. Um, so 50 is a flip a coin, right? Either way. I think because it's on the road, I think Nebraska still brings back some talented playmakers. Yet I give BYU a good shot to win that. I, I like BYU's chances. I like... Yes, that's right. 
<laughs> yes. <laughs> 40, I, 40%. Yeah. 40, I give BYU I 40% you were, chance. I, I thought after everything that we had discussed, I'm you, not, you were going to go higher. If I go higher than 50, that means I'm favoring BYU in the game. I'm not favoring BYU in the game. Nebraska is the favorite at home against BYU. A nine-win Nebraska team at home favored over an eight-win BYU team on the road. That makes complete sense. Okay, we need to turn Brian Keel's microphone on for this, okay? This is why I could never truly be in your guys' seats. I just couldn't do it. I just can't do it. Here's the thing. I can't be an unbiased, impartial media guy. It took a while. I can't do it. I can't do it. (laughs) You're still a player in your head. Now I know, I'll be 85 years old, and I'll be, I could take him. <laughs> where's, where's, where's my helmet? I could take him. For me, I, I'm with you, Brian. I'm, I, oh, I don't know if I'll go 65%, but I say probably like 60, 62% chance BYU wins at Nebraska. <laughs> what we I like hope, it. What we hope Taysom Hill's completion percentage is. We just, I went through all of the reasons. Their own fan base has BYU winning that game? Here's the thing: when it, when I when I pull they know this, they know something's wrong. When I pull this card out and I'm right, I don't brag about it <laughs> because I don't like being right if I think that okay or bad so things BYU are going to happen. So if BYU loses that game, you're going to be like, "See, I told you." I, no, I, I will not do that. I don't do that. That's what I'm saying. I don't want to uh, point out like that's hey, I was right about BYU's that's good. perceived mediocrity. I don't but want to do that. Beef. The thing, here's yeah. the, here's it, the thing. But when I shave my head because BYU had one of the greatest wins in school history, it gets all this attention. I think that my pick is founded in sound ideology. And you think my? I don't think mine is. I think that you are underestimating the value of having a three-headed monster taking on a team in major transition. And I yeah. think you're underestimating the value of playing that game at Nebraska. I'm undervaluing. It's a tough it? place to play. I don't know that I undervalue the stadium. I just undervalue the team that Nebraska's fielding in that stadium. I think it's still a good team. Listen, if BYU wins that game, I'm stoked. Yes! I will say, I told you so. Please, crush my expectations. I will be that guy. (laughs) Brian Brian will come in and take that role. I will be that guy. I know you will, at least on Twitter. Okay. And to your face. More tweets. (laughs) At Nick Lee 51 says this. Oh, sorry. I'm going to start with that. This one. At Jord C11. 80%. We have longevity and ability at the skill positions and in our coaching. Novelty will be hard for Nebraska to overcome. Isn't it interesting that BYU will have continue to have the same coaching staff? That continuity hopefully yields it some kind matters. of benefit. BYU doesn't, isn't losing assistants. You could look at that and go, how good are the assistants if they're not being picked? Mm-hmm. Or you say, there's great continuity among them. They want to be here. Yeah, I don't know which one they're it loyal. is. Yeah, there's lo- there's, they're loyal. Yeah, they're loyal strong at Nickley 51, 45%. BYU has played very well in opening games. Oklahoma, Washington, Yukon, and also has laid an egg. Virginia, okay? Seven and three in openers under Bronco Mendenhall. Really, two, though? Two of those losses were by three points. The Virginia Arizona game? Arizona, six, and uh, Virginia by three. The no, Virginia, the Virginia Arizona, Arizona was six two. By, by two no, points. No, the score was tied. Yeah. They make a field goal they late to win. They made a 50-something yard field goal. It's three points. Yep. The score Folk. was tied. Yeah. Yep. Nick Folk. Yeah. Down with Nick Folk. I've hated him ever since then because I made the drive 10 hours to Tucson and he celebrates too, with his man. team. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess 45% is pretty close to, to a flip. And BYU is an underdog, but the odds makers at the Golden Nugget opened with <laughs> the Nebraska. The Golden Nugget. Opened with Nebraska as a six-point favorite. That went down to one in 24 hours. Isn't that interesting? Because mm. a lot of people were picking BYU. 
They know, they see the writing on the wall. Yeah. They see the writing on the wall. What BYU brings back against that team in what I have called a state of disarray, which is not to say they're not talented. They don't have good players. Right. It's just really hard to implement good football against BYU caliber team with so many changes happening. It's the perfect time to play Nebraska. I, I can't wait to see that matchup, which, what did we say, 57 days away? 57 days away. Can you feel it, that we're getting closer? Or is air. it still far away? It's in the air, the excitement. <laughs> NFL camps, by the way, open in like three weeks, two yeah. weeks. So that's, that's bittersweet right there. I wish, I wish I was there, but I really don't. <laughs> but I wish I was there, but I really don't. NFL career totally over, or what's, you know, what's the situation? Yeah. I mean, I'm not going to slam the door on, mm-hmm. on, on anything, but I've, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm sailing on, man. You value yeah. the health of your body as well. I, I know do, that. Yeah. I know that. And that lucid mind. (laughs) That's still sharp, unlike my associate named Nixon. (laughs) (laughs) Brian, great to have you, man. Thanks for the time. Always a pleasure. Up next, we wrap things up. Cougar whip around, and it is loaded. BYU Sports Station, brought to you by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need it most. We welcome you back as a reminder at the top of the hour. Funeral services for Elder Boyd, Kenneth Packer, who was serving as acting president of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, will begin simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. He was a World War II veteran of the Air Force, an accomplished artist, father of ten children, and a proponent for the church educational system, and what he did can be described as monumental. A man that was never afraid to stand up for his beliefs, even in the face of direct opposition. Boyd K. Packer, dead at the age of 90. His funeral services begin at the top of the hour. BYU Sports Nation continues on for the next few minutes until those begin. As I mentioned, presented in part by DexterLaw.com. They... Uh, we we thank all of our sponsors for that matter. Have some of them in the building today. So always great to have people supporting BYU Sports Nation. Jerem, let's whip it. You got it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Football. Three Cougars were featured on watch lists released today. Riker Matthews and Travis Tuiloma named to the 81 Player Outland Award watch list, given to the best interior lineman. Bronson Kafusi and Travis Tuiloma again made the 88 man watch list for the Nagurski. Given to the best defensive player. Cougars in the association. Tyler Haas makes his NBA Summer League debut with the Cleveland Cavaliers tonight against the Golden State Warriors. 10.30 p.m. Eastern in Las Vegas. That will be broadcast on NBA TV. Brandon Davies continuing to play for the Orlando Magic Blue Team. Played nine minutes, had a couple of points, two assists, and two fouls, and a loss last night against Indiana. He faces the Pacers again this afternoon. Two Eastern, 12 Mountain, that also on NBA TV. Jen Hampson, oh, by the way, we're not done. The L.A. Sparks play Tulsa tomorrow at 8 Eastern on Time Warner Cable Sportsnet. Cougars in the PGA. Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair continue their play into the second day of the John Deere Classic. Summerhays started today in fifth place, now tied for 12th. Hasn't teed off quite yet. Blair tied for 49th, shooting three under after 16 holes. Mike Weir withdrew. Track and fill. Shaquille Walker continues to dominate. Advanced to the semifinals in the 800 meters at the World University Games in Seoul, South Korea. He is an All-American. He competes at 4.20 a.m. Eastern time tomorrow morning. Cougars in the CFL. Eh? It's, the, it's the CFL doubleheader tonight. Cody Hoffman and his Montreal Alouettes play at Winnipeg tonight, 7 Eastern ESPN 2. After that game, the recently activated John Beck 
And starting slot receiver Austin Colley in the BC Lions plays Saskatchewan at 10 Eastern on ESPN3. Baseball! Jacob Hanneman playing for the Tennessee Smokies in the minor leagues went 3-for-5 last night with a run and 2 RBI. Taylor Cole playing for the New Hampshire Fisher Cats earned a win last night after pitching 8 innings with 5 strikeouts and 1 earned run. Soccer. The Cougars will travel to play Burlingame Dragons FC on Saturday. The two teams played la- play last Saturday in Provo, and the Cougars are looking to avenge their 3-2 loss in that game. Softball. BYU catcher Sydney Broderick announced she is transferring to Florida State for her last two seasons. As a sophomore, Broderick, all West Coast Conference first-teamer after leading the Cougars in doubles, triples, and runs batted, and that's a big loss. A bummer. Future guests next week, Dennis Pitta will join the program. Baltimore Ravens tight end, BYU great, and Derwin Gray of 90s fame at BYU. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Health when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to Travis Tuiloma on two watch lists today, the Nagurski and the Outlin Trophy watch list. He woke up and looked around, and he was on two more, uh, one more watch list than Taysom Hill. Let's get Probably to didn't our expect that. elite tweet of the day. What is this, a Colbert rapport? At Jeff J. BYU says this. So BYU Sports Nation invites national writers on their show. Those guests think about BYU more. BYU gets more national publicity. Virtuous cycle. Thanks for the shout-out, Jeff. We'd like to think that we play some role in that, but really it's BYU fans that uh, ultimately can influence uh, the writers that way. And BYU in that way. You don't play any games right now, so hopefully people are talking about you in a positive way. It's a win-win. There are fans of other schools that get annoyed at this, that BYU wins the preseason national championship. There's nothing else going on. Why not? We're all kind of bored waiting for college football to start. It's July 10th. It's what we do. We kind of, we, we hold the lighter, so we like... No, 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 no. Lighter? Well, lighter fluid. Oh, like, lighter. <laughs> yes, that's true. The, Come on. The fire is a little bit One going. Little we, light- we pour the lighter fluid. What is this, fluid. a concert in the 90s? What I was going to say is the fans pour the lighter fluid on it when they go crazy with oh, it. Oh, I, I see. Okay. Oh, we have one. We have a giant match of uh, 50 million homes. <laughs> and 20 million oh, on Sirius. Good stuff. That's hey, what we have. Thanks to Brian Kill, everyone on our crew. Conversation alive 24-7 on Twitter using the hashtag BYUSN. Jerem, take us out, dude. I want to throw some stuff. For Spencer, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Luke Ashworth. BYU Sports Nation back at it Monday.